0: Hello, I'm your host, Giselle Gamby, and this is the Intuitive Pool Podcast, where together we'll embrace the plans we did not make yet, unfold businesses and lives that are so much greater in wealth in all ways than any business or life plan could ever achieve. My wish is that you make Intuition your most trusted advisor, so buckle up. Get present and let's go. This is a very special episode, dear listeners. This is an episode that I've seen probably for a few months. And I mentioned the idea of this episode a few months ago, but we weren't quite cooked yet. And then life unfolded. We went to Croatia together and we are definitely cooked. And so it's just with the biggest warmest heart that I thank and welcome Libby Stewart or Elizabeth Stewart if you look at her on LinkedIn. Libby and I have been coaching for or since February this year and I can say that uh, you are a dear friend of mine such a dear friend of mine way beyond coaching way beyond coaching so welcome to the podcast
1: thank you so much for having me thank you and likewise likewise you're you're a dear friend of mine too thank you thank you
0: yes you can't help it sometimes like when you have these intimate conversations and just you just can't help it it's just I know I know that you know in the rules in the rule book um, of uh, professionalism that you know it's supposed to stay on professional level and certainly we stay on a professional level but we have so much more than than just that and I'm you know deeply deeply grateful for that.
1: Yeah. No, thank you. Oh, Look, yeah, I think you can't have the connection and you can't have the um you can't have the growth without some of the conversations that we've had to have in the ways that we've had to have them as well. So for me, you know, it's always professional, but but you know there are boundaries that need to be crossed and conversations that need to be had. Otherwise you stay too firmly in a lane and, 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 you, and you don't go to the places where you need to go to. So yeah.
0: True, true. So let me introduce who Libby is in terms of what she does in the world and then we'll dive much deeper into who she is as this beautiful human that's sitting in front of me. So Libby is a journalist, writer, advocate, an advocate for people who really give a fuck (laughs) about the world. Uh, She's a communication specialist. She's a business development person and an NDIS champion. And there are very few people that I know in my life that have the enormity of heart that Libby does. And where we have arrived to, is it's not just an enormity of heart, it's also a real huge capacity to be powerful. So I love that kind of the combination, the recipe that you are, which is the enormity, enormity of heart, but this huge capacity to be powerful. And so our listeners are going to experience that. And they, I, I know, so I'm speaking to the listeners right now, I have a, a very strong feeling that this is going to be a catalyst for you, for you in your own life in one way or another. This conversation is going to be a catalyst for you in your own life in one way or another. It can't help but be that when you're sitting with somebody who has this enormity of heart and who has this real capacity for leadership. You just, just can't not be the case. So my first question to you, Libby, is, as I said, you know, we've had this idea for a couple of months but we weren't ready we weren't ready when i first suggested it and we are definitely ready now why this conversation why this conversation why what's your what's the impetus of of being here and sharing you why does
1: this conversation matter well i think it's i mean it's always mattered but I, in terms of timing i it had to i had to go to retreat in croatia with you i had to I had to go through all of what we went through and experienced as a group. I had a very strong uh, conviction about telling my story before we went away. Because, but I, but it was it was brewing for me. And we talked on retreat, our group about you know we had that beautiful sort of image of uh, of. Of our ideas in a cauldron and, and people throwing throwing themselves into you know and their their ideas and suggestions and I found myself from the very moment that we started to talk as a group uh, very safe in an environment and a kind of knowing that I needed to hear and have feedback from people when I shared as well so that was all going to make. Make this make sense to me, and for me to be able to deliver this uh, conversation in a way that I was comfortable with as well. So, I think it's a time thing, and I feel in the the changes that I've experienced this last year that I'm I am qualified to speak to this, and and powerfully qualified to speak to this as well. So it just feels. Um, energetically that this is is the time this is the time to talk so
0: we spoke just a little while ago and I said to you um if you if you were, had a book what would your not your title but your subheading be and you said from despair to leadership where I really love to give a fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, so there is going to be a bit of swearing on this
1: episode. Right. Yes. <laughs> Love yeah. in, in all of its expressions. You could bip them all out, but you'd be bipping for days, really. Because
0: <laughs> we'd be, well, because We'd be losing the essence <laughs> that, that's here that we don't we don't want to lose. So and you just talked about, you know, you feel like you're qualified to speak, to speak to the subject matter today. So tell us about from your so if if there was a book right now and it was your book we don't need to know the title but the subheading and the subheading is from despair to leadership where I really love to give a fuck can you talk to us about that
1: so in terms of the uh, to separate them off the leadership part so I have arrived at the age of god what am I 46 dear god um (laughs) you know you're old when you forget how old you are that's so dreadful <laughs> um, at the age of 46 I have come to this place where um, I, I, I always had a sense that I was a leader I was I was you know as, as a little girl I was had a very strong sense of self and I knew and, I, and people would gravitate towards me and ask me to 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 lead you know so you know what that feels like as a child you know you might have been captain or you know might have you know in your sporting teams or at school or whatever, but there was, you know, I think you have an innate sense of leadership when you know that part about yourself. But what I stepped into in my career was was a um, and I and I worked at a, a one journalist paper for for a few years, and you know I had to be my own boss and I was my own leader, and and there was a certain sort of um, intrepid leadership involved in in that and in different you know, things that I've done in my career. Um, I've always felt comfortable in that space, but in owning that, that's completely different. Um, And I came into, started coming into my my place as a leader um, in a role that I had where I was advocating in the NDIS space for, for clients. And just in being able to kind of not run my own race, but inherently do what I felt was right for my clients, and then the results that I got really made me convinced that I was, I was heading in the right direction as a leader and that I was, I was on the right path. So the sense of power in that respect was, was starting to gain momentum. The, the despair part, obviously, we will talk about today, but, but what I'm saying is that the, the foundations for leadership have always been there. The powerful bit has come as, as a result of the last 12 months and the um, loving to give a fuck is really a permission that I've given to myself in that leadership that has come as a result, which we will talk about. That um, there's so much joy for me in giving a fuck really about everything. And and in when you have joy, you you there's 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 fun, you know. There's there's playfulness. There's there's hard, there's no resistance to hard topics. There's no. There's nothing that you can't talk about, or you won't talk about, or you won't give a voice to, but it's all done with a sense of not not fear or or desperation. It's it's done with a sense of of unlimited capacity. So, you know, you and I talk about I've got so many fucks to give um, <laughs> because because my uh, quota for fucks has increased uh, exponentially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, through through all of the work that you and I have done as well and and just in, in the evolution of what I've experienced in the last 12 months. So yeah, behind all of all of that is joy um and and confidence as well. So yeah. You're writing that down. I know I can tell. I
0: am right I am writing that down because <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It really oh. does. Like really that should be part of um the Syllabus, syllabus. Thank you. That should be part of the of, the syllabus, uh, of a syllabus of of a business degree. <laughs> <laughs> my quota for fucks to give has increased exponentially, and so mm-hmm. has my joy and confidence. My God, that should be the bloody new litmus test of a business degree or of a leadership degree. Uh-huh. Or <laughs> how many fucks do you have to that's give? Hard. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, you can't teach this shit. You've just got to kind of um, get experience it, right? Yeah. And that's that's where I want to go to now. So I had the privilege of witnessing your process. Hmm. so and so did the people who were in Croatia I mean I have been witnessing your process since the moment that we first spoke but the power of retreat was that it really was a pressure cooker right it was a pressure cooker for everyone there yes including myself where anything that was not expressed half expressed unexpressed uh remaining in the shadows embarrassed about shameful about whatever we held in judgment it was given the opportunity and it wasn't because Shari the co-facilitator and I were sitting there going okay we're going to go through a process now and and um, question number one yeah. what remains in the shadows is there anything that you haven't expressed like it wasn't like that it was it was in the it was absolutely an intention of ours and we allowed it to unfold when it wanted to unfold so you know with respect to yourself and you sharing what you want to share and not sharing what you don't want to share mm. can you tell us about the process that you went through that allowed you to and i'm going to kind of um give give something away now and that is that that allowed you to completely free yourself from despair
1: mm.
0: completely free yourself from from that identity which we'll I'll ask you about in in a moment mm. And not just temporarily have a freedom. So you're in Croatia and you feel free and then you come back and you don't feel free. You know, this is this is freedom. Freedom.
1: Absolute freedom. Yeah.
0: What what was that what was that process for you that allowed you to go from there to come to absolute freedom to be in a place where your quota for fucks to give has increased exponentially and so has your joy and confidence. <laughs>
1: Geez, what a question. Okay. (laughs) Give me a minute. Um, Well, I guess, I guess you have to go back to um, to 12 months. And it's, it's, so 12 months today, I had a hip replacement and which was the 25th of October last year. Uh, I just remember this prior to that, and I'll I'll just do the story because the story is quite important. Um, and I'll try and, and, and condense this because I don't want to dwell on the story, but it's very important. At three years prior to that, um, my marriage had fallen over. Um, uh, my mum had passed away. Um, it was, it, we had to sell our farm. It was just a lot of life events and it was really, really like bang, bang, bang. I was stood down to my my. Job that I loved during COVID, uh, I was experiencing a lot of trauma at work, uh, a lot of toxicity. I come from a family of just of people who just get on with it. My mum was very much like that, and so is my dad. You just you just get on, um, so one foot in front of the other. And I think, you know, that com- combined with uh, my I, I don't didn't know this at the time, but I was born with congenital osteoarthritis. So um, I've always played a lot of sport. Uh, always been very very fit. Um, I've done all everything that you shouldn't do. You know, uh, if you have you know severe osteoarthritis, I was kickboxing and and netball and soccer and cricket. Not everything that a that a child would want to do. Every sport, but but obviously the wear and tear happened rather rapidly for me at the age of around about started around about age forty two. So during that time when things started to unravel for me, um, I was started to experience like a lot of pain, which I didn't know where that was coming from. By the time I sort of got to, this is not a, um, you know, you you, you get off Dr. Google and you stop diagnosing yourself. You know, I had, uh, we had let go of our private health insurance when our marriage broke up, Um, my ex-husband and I. So I found myself in a place where I knew that I was going to have to wait, whatever this was, and it, it, it ended up being a big thing. So I was told at the age of 44 that I was going to need a hip replacement and I'm actually going to have to have both hips replaced. So that was a, sort of a, a, a lot in itself. But then began and um, it, so six, that was six months from diagnosis and then I had to wait 12 months for the actual operation, so, which was October last year. And that was, it was almost like I got the diagnosis and the pain just sort of raged out of control. Like, it's so funny the way your body, you know, you respond to, once you accept that there's something wrong with you, you sort of let, there's a letting go of that. But but what I experienced then was that the pain became sort of um, exponentially bigger and bigger as months went on. And and just knowing that I had to wait as well, I put off and put off and put off painkillers and I did everything wrong, but but when what I found where I found myself last this time last year, or actually sort of September last year, which coincided with when we went to Croatia, a year later, I was in a very very dark place, and that was exacerbated by the amount of heavy pain medication that I was on as well, and uh, I, I I got to a, a, a very. A, A place where I couldn't talk anymore and you know you and I have talked about uh you know I I pride myself on being a communicator and being articulate and and being able to ask for help as well I know the importance of asking for help because I have suffered from depression and anxiety for you know many years um probably since i was about 22 um and so i know all of the right things to do and i i have reached out to the doctor and at, at various points in my life but i find, found myself in a place where i c- couldn't speak and i couldn't ask for help and that was a place where i took where i was about to take my own life um and when i say i was about to i was i was I had made plans to um, and that was the bit that I had to uh, I, I don't think I actually even processed that and I know I hadn't I, I had alluded to it I'd talked to you I'd sort of admitted it to um, to my to some people in my family my sister um, but I didn't allow myself to process the enormity of, of what I was of the trauma of that actual. Uh, experience in itself so what happened for me was that we went on this retreat uh, and and you know in the last 12 months of course you know you have a, a major operation like that um you know people think oh well you've had the operation you're out of pain um you know up and at them, you know get in there but what what i found was this incredible sort of wave of the last three years came and just smacked me to the point where, yes, I got through the operation, but I, I, it hadn't caught up with me. I found myself, you know, you're in rehab, so you, you're distracted. Um, uh, I had to go through, the, you know, the amount of painkillers that I was on pre-operation actually had to wean myself off that and I never disclosed to anyone how incredibly hard that was that took me probably best part of three to four months to to do it myself I didn't I didn't go and get help with that I just um, I just knew that I had to get off these things and I and sometimes I struggled with it because I had been on them for literally sort of a year and and, and a bit there was the, the worry about am I an addict? You know am i addicted do i need to seek help for that so there was you know such a uh sort of an accumulation of trauma and, a, and, a, and an inability to put any words to any of it you know you and bearing in mind you know i've got two kids that i'm you know i'm, I'm co-parenting with my ex-husband and you do you know what it's like as a mom, you just do everything you can to protect your children from anything And I didn't want to face the fact that I had been so close to to leaving them. Mm. So I don't even think I'm even answering your
0: question. You You are answering my question because you're sharing the story of what existed prior to the freedom that you're experiencing now and you're talking about these events mm. being catalysts for a lot of trauma yeah. but also the necessary catalysts to for the freedom that you're now experiencing.
1: Well yes and you and the the part that of course I know the big part that I know that was missing in all of that unfortunately which makes me incredibly sad because um it makes me sad for that, but it also makes it's part of this incredible freedom, and which is which is very beautifully simple. But I didn't love myself, and I didn't value myself. So everything I was experiencing was, um, it was I was experiencing uh, huge amounts of fear as well. So in not speaking, and in not voicing, and in not asking, there was a judgment. In in what I was experiencing, and that is so so disempowering in a life to to go through a life where you don't know you and love yourself because life is hard. Mm. It's hard. So so that makes it even harder. Mm. And I have been able to turn that so fast for myself to the point where I'm actually a bit of shock because. Then you have to have the questions of like, well, why the fuck didn't I have this sooner? What could have been different in my life had I had I landed at this place? But of course, there's no point in asking those questions because it's all perfect as as it is, and the journey is extraordinary and profound because of everything that I've been through. Yes. Part of what I what I, why I'm talking to you today, what I, I want to sort of articulate to people is that. That's that's the, the value piece and the self-love piece is sort of almost fundamental to, to success and power and freedom. It, it, it is fundamental. There's no doubt about it. it. It cannot land in your power unless you absolutely uh, and completely love and accept yourself who you are. Um, so I know that I am coming out in an extraordinary, powerful way, because the, because it landed in a very powerful way for me. It landed when we were on retreat, and um, and that you know is the extraordinary you know gift of that retreats have is that you if if you're willing to, to embed like if you're willing to do the work if you're willing to, to absolutely be vulnerable, show up one hundred percent, hundred percent responsibility. If you're willing to do those things, then the gifts that are given to you um, as a result are are life-changing yeah I I have such compassion for myself for all of the things that I I have gone through in the last two well three years really um, that that I didn't take that step that I didn't step away from my life Um, there's only one person that can own that that's me you know yeah, I don't feel I, I had to deal with a lot of shame around that. And you and I talked about that. But as a mum, it's just almost unacceptable. How could you even possibly contemplate that? How could you, you know, your role, you know, you are so defined by that role that to it, you are judged for even considering that. And I wanna take away that stigma today, absolutely. Uh, For anyone, uh, we're all human beings and we all have our own stuff. And it doesn't matter if you are a mum or you're not a mum or you're a dad or you're not a dad or you're a male or a female or or anything in between, that trauma is, is universal and across the board and experienced by everybody. And I think we need to really stop judging one another for why we feel that way, how we got there, and and have just just have compassion for one another for, for you know the sadness that that sometimes life can take you to a point where you can't uh, put words together anymore. Yeah, and what I want to say is that I want to, I think we need to have so many more conversations, there needs to be more, more, more conversations around mental health in general, you know, more real conversations, more conversations like this. And, and, and really the piece is, it's the judgment piece, you know, it's the fear that people have around speaking about their own experiences because we're not holding those stories in love, you know, we're holding them in, in judgment and and it and really fear is is the biggest what am I trying to say? It's it's the it's it's the biggest limiter in life, in us being everything that we're supposed to be, because we live so much of our life in fear. Um, and and fuck that. I'm not letting I was not going to live like that anymore. You know that, that pivotal point where I made that decision. And I spoke about that on retreat because it, I remember it. It was my, it was my my spirit, you know, and it was came with such a roar out of uh, what was such a dark place. And it was really late at night. And I remember thinking, fucking no, this is no. I am not only no to this, but I am actually not going to live. I'm going to actually live my life in complete uh, reversal of how I feel now. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that is that 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 is how I need to live my life, and I need to help others to live their life in that way as well.
0: So profound, so profoundly, be because even you sharing your story so openly and honestly and vulnerably here on a podcast, which, you know, we don't know who's going to listen to this, and you even said to me before there was a little bit of um, concern, you know, one day when your sons grow up, when they listen to this, you know, not wanting for them to be worried about you, this actually is an act of self-love and acceptance right here, right now. Like this is a big demonstration, a big demonstration to yourself Yes. and of course then to other people of the level of self love and acceptance that you have that you would
1: speak so freely absolutely and you you put that really well i hadn't really thought about that before i think along the, along the lines of what you're saying you know true true leadership and true power and i touched on this before can't, it it can only come from a platform of absolute um, self-love because once all that is sort of you know okay and taken care of and you've tended you know your your guard and know you and yourself then your power and your and your generosity is limitless then if you're not in that space of complete lack of um you know lack of self-judgment you know <clears throat> lack of fear or, or you are fearful I should say if you are judging and fearful and you 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 think that you you're giving you're actually doing yourself a disservice because once you're once you're okay with yourself you kind of put yourself to the side then and you you trust yourself to look after all of that that's just going to happen you know and then you can step into with completely uh, you know un, unblinked vision then and see really what is going on around you in the world um, what people are experiencing and you can you know just using those things like intuition and and those those powerful gifts of um awareness and and intuition and listening and and really seeing the hyper focus on identifying the real issues comes into play And, and that's where I'm at and that's where I'm feeling that power is that I'm I'm suddenly seeing things that I thought I saw but I but I really didn't see before
0: yeah yeah And, you know, of course, I experienced you before retreat and the choices that you were making before retreat in relation to your leadership. And then, of course, I'm experiencing the choices which are marked markedly different to the choices you were making prior to retreat around your leadership and who you're here to serve and who you're here to give a fuck about. Can you tell us about the difference kind of like the before and after? What were you willing to accept before and what will you only accept now?
1: Well, I think, you know, I've always been a really compassionate, you know, I was always compassionate and empathetic as a child and I've always been someone who I think my friends would say I'm, I'm just a very generous person and very loving. I've always, you know, known that about myself. I, I, you know, when I first sort of had a taste and I've always been, you know, my parents used to call me Florence Nightingale when I was a child, you know, because I would, you know, I'd always want to help those who couldn't help themselves and it's just, you know, in, in some ways I was mocked for that. Um, so I sort of grew up with a sense of that, that was sort of not, you know, it was, that wasn't a leadership quality. It was sort of like a, um, the sensitive, I was sensitive and, you know, and I was always, you know, trying to sort of help the young dog and, and, and that wasn't celebrated as when I was growing up. So I, I always felt that that was sort of a bit of a weakness, but I said, of course it's not, it's the greatest thing that you can be really. And I, you know, part of me giving a fuck is really having to identify with that, that Bring. We need more of that, you know. I had my sort of first taste of um of advocacy work in in a role that I had um, dealing with NDIS clients, and I, um, I just explain because there's people from overseas that listen to this. NDIS stands for. So NDIS is the is the Australian government. Uh, it's called the National Disability Insurance Scheme, and it is it is a um, it was brought in by the Australian government um, to help. Um, allow people with dis- living with disabilities to remain independent. So to increase their independence, to be able to live independently at home, to take pressure off um, some of our sort of um, um, institutions and yes, yeah, so hospitals and, and care facilities, and, and just to encourage a more independent life for, for those living with a disability. I've had some incredible experiences have met some incredible people and my passion for for advocacy work started in that space. But where I wasn't powerful in that space was was there was a few reasons. Uh, one was where was who I was working with and where I was working. Uh, and the other was that I didn't really understand the difference that I could make. Now I do. Now I understand how powerful that is. I understand how necessary it is I understand that and I know that this NDIS space is it can do incredible things but it's heavily polluted with those who don't give a fuck that it is that the warting that happens across the board is is would 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 make people despair so I don't want to sort of go too much into that but there are some incredible things that are being done and when, you are, de- when you, are, you are working with people who don't have a voice, like literally can't speak, their disabilities, that they can't speak or they can't uh, voice what they need or they are very marginalised because of what they are. their disability is, um, particularly in the psychosocial world of, of the NDIS, so people living with severe mental health issues, when you see what they are up against and what and and how difficult it is for them to live their life and there are people who don't care you 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 are can't if you, you are so ignited to do something to help and and make a difference i'm still very very passionate about that i i have I've done a, a bit of uh, I've done it, i i had sort of ventured into a, a business where we were going to be doing something with that um, unfortunately, that didn't work out, but I'm still really that's really marinating for me. I'm still trying to sort of, uh, work out where my place is where I can have uh, the biggest impact and, and do the greatest work. But I know it's, it is with people who, who don't have, who, who don't have the words um, and who don't have the voice. Because I know what that feels like.
0: Yeah. 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 And I, I witnessed, you know, the transformation when you were going through that process in Split and and Dubrovnik. And I saw you get to a point where you would no longer accept anything, a reality on the outside, anything less that than was a match for your self-love and acceptance. That's right. And so where the, that wasn't in alignment, you were now ready to say no because there were opportunities that you were playing with at the time and yep. that was not that was not in alignment. And the converse of that was that you would only allow yourself or choose to um, give your love, <laughs> choose to give a fuck with those who were also giving a fuck themselves about really important things that matter. And I saw a relationship form, a business partnership form on retreat mm-hmm. as a result of showing up in the fullness of you, yeah. experience, sharing your despair, sharing all that was yet to be acknowledged, sharing it fully, trusting yourself and loving yourself so much that you would do that. And then it transforming into this, you know, I, I, I really give a fuck and I, choose to give a fuck with those who also give a fuck. And then there was this business partnership that started to somebody on the retreat said, I think, think we've got a a position for you, Libby. What was that experience like? Because, you know, this is not how business partnerships normally form in the, Mm. you know, in the world.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was lovely. You know, it was, it was beautiful. I think I just finished saying, you know, I was, I was despairing about the 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 opportunity that I was I was um had been drawn to before retreat that was really uh clear. It, 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 it felt like it was the right thing to do at the time. There was a real connection with um the person who owned the business and I felt you know I started to lay down those ground rules for myself going forward that I was only ever going to be partnered with someone who I believed in their vision and they believed in in me and and so that sort of sets sets the benchmark so I was already doing this sort of, the, the bits that I needed to do but unfortunately that was all it wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. um and and they sort of kept you know uh stringing me along stringing along stringing me along and and when I was on retreat I was sort of I was despairing about that because um, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got home. You know, I've, I've effectively been working for free for you know almost the last twelve months, and and you know that obviously has to has to stop at some point. But I I knew in my heart that that there was something there was a, there was a partnership and and there were people like me that I needed to be working with and I needed and, and we needed to come together and we did and that happened on retreat and you know i think it was it, i didn't see it as a business opportunity i saw it as a meeting of values and alignment of of obviously you know spirit and um and 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 core core values um uh and and a real you know that those people are people who help other people every single day and that's where I that's where I need to be you know I need to be helping I need to be making a difference you know we all need to be making a difference we all need to be helping but but I am so passionate about that in, in in respect to those who can't help themselves and and like I've said to you you know it's ironic because I have always considered myself such a uh, you know, I raise my hand. You know, I, I I I can talk. You know, I have the words. I communicate. I, I have thought of myself as a strong female. I have strong female influences, but I was li- literally speechless. I had no words. I could not ask for help. So if that's the case to me, then then I, I I I have a responsibility to. To people, to to people in this world, I have a responsibility. I have the power to make to be able to make that easier for people, and to to have those conversations, and to say, you know, these are these are the tools. This is what you need. Let me help you. You know, and to show them how that is done, and to show people that you can literally. Um, and I, and I'll go back to the partnership in a second because because. Because that partnership is is taking people at a very young age and, and giving them the tools. So it's perfect. But I'm saying that you can turn things around. I'm 46, you know, you, you can literally turn your life around uh, it, you know if you want to and 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 when you do and you come into yourself and your power and you, and you 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 want, you need, you have to. Uh, help others. There is that's a no-brainer. So mm. aligning myself with with um, this new business opportunity is a no-brainer. It, mm. it is it is a um, it, it is a, a platform of of helping others. It's um, you know I'm sure there are many other good things that will come of that and result of that. But it's that alignment piece. Mm. You know we be really careful. Someone said to me on retreat, it stuck with me. Uh, he knows who he is, because I can't stop talking about him because he's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, who you're talking about. We're all amazing, buddies, but he's but just he just has a way of cutting through the bullshit. But he said, you know, be really careful about what you put out in the universe, because the universe is extraordinarily power, powerful. And I've I knew that, I've experienced that, but to say that in that way, you know, I am so so steadfast and clear now about what my intent is and what my and my asking what I need to ask for and where I need to be because all of that is extraordinarily powerful and and I know that and I have I have a responsibility to hold that. So so yeah to go through everything I've been through and to land in this this place, you you gotta pay, you know, the paying it forward um it, it's like it's like containing a um um an ex, an, expl- an explosive if you've just got to be really really careful with it because it's you just know the power behind it so you know use it for, for good or, or or pass it on to but don't don't give it away and don't be frivolous with it it's 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 too precious
0: mm. you know you said to me in in alignment with what you've just spoken you said to me before we got on the podcast
1: that you just don't attract chaos anymore no no that's the the funny thing about the universe you know that's the power you know you just once you decide uh and you you shift away from everything that's chaotic and messy and not clear and not convincing and not in alignment once you decide that and you live every day doing that and rejecting that it doesn't have to be complicated It's, it's literally a choice i just wake up every day and I choose not to be in chaos you know and I choose not to have messy conversations and I choose not to you know we were talking about before I just choose not to go to things that make me uncomfortable and that take my energy I have we all have well you would argue we have infinite (laughs) capacity but energetically as human beings we only have you know you get tired and you you know you get burned down but but those you are you are precious and and Um, and you're allowed to have those choices. You're allowed to choose that for yourself. And since making those active, intuitive choices every day and those consistent choices, the fucking chaos just drops away. You know, the hangers on and the you know, the half-assed and the you know, pretenders and the sort of you know, money, you know, the simple money makers and the sales pitchers and all of that stuff just it literally just falls away. Yeah. So that all that remains is this very clear knowing Mm -hmm. and a very clear understanding um and and a vision and like i said a capacity to be able to identify who those people are and 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 where you need to be Mm. where you need to be spending your time so
0: yeah and all of that all of that you know the decisions you'd have made to not you know go to this or go to that or hang out with this person or that it's not from a place of actually it's not from a place of my capacity is limited limited it's from a place of self-love
1: Correct. Yeah. You're the, yes, you're right. It is self-love. Yeah. It's self-love. Yeah. What what serves what serves me best, That's you know. Right. And it's turning that that you know, the, the stigma of selfishness, you know, it's yes. it's it's literally the most unselfish thing you can do. Yes. For for you and for everyone around you. You know, it is you know, being selfish is actually literally the most unselfish thing you can do. But it's funny how words have that attachment, isn't it? To and and we judge yes. words. Oh, Selves, yes. you know, we we we're so and I and I'm a wordsmith, so I'm extra choosy about my words. But but the the power of words and the, and the power that you know that they can attract, you know, it's yeah. I I find it ironic. I um the word shame too. Mm. The word shame. Mm-hmm. I I you, you know there is nothing wrong with, with feeling ashamed. There is nothing wrong with any of these feelings. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with um, being angry. There's nothing wrong with it being upset. And that's one thing I've really had to come to terms with is, is, is owning who you are, owning your feelings. You know, there's no right or wrong feelings. Uh, That's powerful piece for me because, you know, I I have, I have resisted um, a lot of my feelings because I have judged, you know, so, so, you know, we go back to things like anxiety and depression, you know, you hear those words and there's there's an immediate sort of mm. there's, there's such a um, there's such meaning behind those things. We need to take all of that away and stop judging, judging the conversations, judging the words, judging one another and, and toss words around, you know, that, that, that like they're just words, you know. They're just they're just things. They're just they're just they're just conversation starters.
0: They're, they're all a call for love.
1: Correct, correct. They're all a call for love. Absolutely a call for yeah. love.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I'm I'm being pulled to say something else here, but I, I'm not quite sure what it is. But I, mm. I think you know, someone said to me the other day, you know, you would be such a great counsellor. I had always um, had friends at school who, who would say that because people would come to me for advice. I didn't see the, you know, connection before. I had thought about well, I always wanted to be a doctor, but then I thought about psychology, um, and I ended up doing what I love, which is journalism and communications. But but I've always been pulled to to that in that respect from a from a medical perspective that you know that they're helping. Um, the Council of Peace, but I just, you know, I'm so adamant now that um, communication is needed more than ever, in good communication around mental health for, for everybody, it, you know, needs to be a, a part of our everyday conversations, everyday talk you know checking in every day with with things like this with with people it it just becomes part of our normal rhetoric um you know it's it's no longer I think we've come a long way and it's no longer behind closed doors and we you know and 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 and, you know the stigma around it is, is is starting to fall away but but I think now we need to give power behind that it's almost like that's where where we need to be just, just pushing forward for it now. There's no time. There's no time anymore for just yeah. half-assed conversations around it, or or half-assed social media posts, or whatever. I, I really feel as a society we have a responsibility to be having extraordinary conversations around this um, darkness that that exists, that is un, unnecessary. Um, it suffering is part of, of being human. I get that, but. But not to that point, not to that extent, and not where people are immobilised and 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 voiceless and um, and in despair. And so important post COVID as well. I don't think we even know what we're dealing with in respect to the outcome of that and the fallout from all of that. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's this, there's this real, real burning in me to um, to be moving into and into this space and raising awareness and, and um, even more so than it was before, because I'm, I'm, I'm okay now.
0: You are, you are more than okay. More Uh, than okay. I'm good. More than okay. You're, you're, you know, that you're whole, you know, that you're whole. Yes. You know, that you're whole, you know, that you're not flawed. You know, that there's nothing wrong with you. In fact, you love yourself and you accept yourself and you, uh, love this fire that's within you right that's not ready to um have any capacity for bullshit or half-assed half-assed conversations or half-assed intentions or projects like it's just not you know because you give a fuck we go back to that exactly. because you give a fuck that's why and mm-hmm. so i just want to make something really explicit here uh, because i'm hoping that the listeners are seeing a demonstration of someone who their, their trauma is complete. The trauma is complete. And I remember actually, you know, I remember actually a few years ago, I think it was 2015 or so. And I had a really weird um, morning. I just was feeling quite, quite off. I couldn't work, work out what was going on. So I, I drove to a beach um, further down to where I normally go to. And I just, decided to stop and just to listen. And I had this um, download, right? Cause I sometimes receive information, God, divine, the universe, love, whatever you want to call it, galactic space, whatever you want to call it. And I had this, uh, I had this download that said, uh, you've been working with um, transmutation of fear at a level of 50 to 70% freedom, And which was my experience because my experience was, you know, something, shit would go down, you'd have awareness, right? You take personal responsibility, you'd have awareness, you'd feel free for a while until you didn't anymore. And then you go deeper and then you go deeper and then you go deeper. But in my perception, I never realized we could actually complete this thing. Right. It could come to completion until I had this download in 2015. And the download was asking me now choose and only stand for and I didn't even know what this word meant when it when it came through me stand for 100 transmutation I didn't know what that word meant I had to go and look it up <laughs> and transmutation means it's transformed it's it's done it's complete yes and I I know that part of the reason that you and I are speaking on this podcast today is to show people that that is a reality yes it's it's a reality it's it's real and And I understand that when you're in it and you're in the thick of it, you feel like that could never happen. And yet through Libby's demonstration, Libby showed up 100% of the time, 100% of the time. Your will to, and your conviction to take responsibility. You know, I've said this to you before, I've said it publicly in, in, you know, amongst our group that. Yes, I've seen you have pain. Yes, I've seen you um, suffer at times, but I've never seen you wallow. I've never seen you wallow in powerlessness ever. I've never seen that. And it's because of those decisions and your willingness to uh, uh, surrender and let go of control and experience whatever needed to, ex- to be experienced. It's because of that, that, that whole trauma uh, identity—it's—it's it's done, it's done. And now, the only way that it's present in your life is to be in as as we've experienced on this episode is to be in service to other people for their own freedom. So I really, really wanted to make a point of that—that that, you know, when you love yourself that much and you accept yourself that much, and you approach that will with the same will and conviction that Libby has it's done. And Libby, you and I had a conversation before getting on the podcast and it was like, you were, you were telling me that you were saying, I don't want to, I am happy to speak to it. Well, not maybe not happy. There's maybe that's not the right word. I'm willing to speak to it. I, need it. I don't, I don't want to dwell there because it's not my life anymore and it's done. And then you said to me, sometimes I worry that people think that um, you know, if I'm having a moment where I'm feeling Um, some vulnerability that people might think, oh, no, she's going to go backwards. And I said to you with such conviction in response to you, I said, Libby, I don't even have 1% doubt that you will ever go backwards because I know the quality of someone who, who, when it's done, I know it, I've experienced it. And I've also experienced when it's not been done. I've experienced when there's still attachment to the powerlessness or there's still attachment to the story. There's still attachment to the victimhood. And that is not the case with you.
1: So really honoring that no thank you thank you very much for that because there's so much truth in that and there is you know <clears throat> there's no judgment from me in people who who are still cycling through all of that I cycled through it for many years you know I cycled in and out of, of victimhood and and, and, and the triangle, and I just didn't know how to get out of it. I did you know, you want to, but you just don't know how. And what I'm saying, and I think you've arrived at a, a massive point of this conversation, is that, you know, there is a way to complete it. There is a perfect way to complete it. It's you, ch- you choose to complete it. And there are various things that you can do to help that, but it is literally a choice that I do not want to live my life in that way anymore it is too precious um it is i am grateful you know gratitude is a huge piece i'm so grateful for all of that trauma all of everything that i've experienced because i couldn't land this powerfully without that you know but you've got to actually take that 100% responsibility to not live your life anymore and then the what and the completion is 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 beautiful you know it's perfect and it's and it's so um, tender and, and, um, and, 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 it, and it feeds to the self-love and it and it and there's a there's a there is a, the the freedom there. You, you would not believe what lifts when you, you're, not, you're not in that story anymore, you know, and then what you are then capable of, what you are capable of is almost a, another story then. Um, and that's where I'm stepping into in leaving and wrapping this and completing it. You know, I'm taking that, those beautiful steps into what is, what is then, what I never saw was possible. You know, you talk to that. You know, what, what I didn't know was what I was frightened of was, was my cave. You know, what, what if I was powerful? What if I didn't have to deal with this trauma anymore? What if I didn't have this on my shoulders anymore? Well, I'm there. You know, I, I have landed there. Um, and it is possible. And so, you know, I want to give people that, uh, that hope, you know. I want to give people that, you know, those wo- I want to give them those words um, from myself that this is, you know, it couldn't have looked darker than it did it, for me. It could not have looked any darker. And for it to look so uh, different... In the course of literally twelve months, is a miracle. But it's a miracle that I have played a huge part in in bringing to um, to life. So, um, amen, Amen, sister. (laughs) 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 Crazy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you,
0: Libby. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, I there's one more thing that I want to do. And I just want to um I just want to
1: you want me to swear a little bit more, that's
0: what you wanted to do. Yeah, you didn't swear enough, did you? <laughs> or are there actually, well, are there any are there any statements that you want to make in that in that vein? Well,
1: I just, you know, I want to be drawing people to me and um, you know, uh in, in terms of people that I work with and opportunities that that I'd like to be um uh, to be exploring in, is that if, you know, if there are things that you give a fuck about and you feel an energy around um, around moving and progressing and giving words to and um, power to to the things that we've discussed today or further conversations that needed to be had or, um, you know, whatever it's going to unveil, but, but certainly if, if you're compelled in, in that respect and you give... If you have as many funds to give as I do, then it's certainly a a really powerful formula for for partnership. It really is. Oh, you make
0: me laugh. I I couldn't have said it any better myself. I actually just pulled up your LinkedIn profile. I was going to read it, but you just did a much, much better job at that. So I will put Libby's LinkedIn profile or link, I should say, in the show notes. Uh, otherwise you can just find her Elizabeth Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, and um go and give a fuck together. Go and <laughs> to give many fucks together.
1: <laughs> you have permission from Giselle.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, a million thank
1: yous to you. Um, yeah. It's a whole other episode what part you played in that, but you. <laughs> love you. I love you too. If
0: you enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, I would so, so appreciate you sharing the love and letting your family, friends and colleagues know about this podcast, because the only way that it's going to get out there is if we use word of mouth, the good old word of mouth. So I have my hands in appreciation for you, for those who have already been sharing the love and should this part of the podcast inspire you to share amongst your network I really really appreciate you also I've been saying that I am also returning to my first love which is writing so if you would like to receive me in your inbox every week there is a link in the show notes where you'll be able to subscribe and I look forward to writing to you have an incredible week Thank you.